Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Self Deaf Sundays, the podcast. Do 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 do. really clear that some of the learnings from this book has really helped bring so it gives you like a high level summary of everything that this guy had figured out the power of the subconscious mind and suggestions i'm so excited to have another guest with me today who is gideon yay welcome yeah oh, thank you thank you to be here. how are you i'm great thank you i'm great Good. how are you Good on a Sunday, Sunday morning, afternoon, no morning still. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited to have you here, Gideon. And just to kind of uh, let the people know um, where we met and stuff as well. I think, do you know what? Like my first memory of when I met you was in one of our PAL sessions back at uni. Yeah. So me and Gideon went to the same university and I think you were two years below me. And I was doing this like, I don't know, it's like PAL leader, like helping the second year students write their CVs. And I remember we were like in a table and you're like, are you from London? And I was like, no. And you're like, you sound like you're from London. That's my first memory of you. And then fast forward to what, three, four years now, Gideon's actually working where I am and is killing it in his work. And, you know, we've just always been supporting each other in our kind of career and like life in general. And I'm just so excited to have you here and kind of share your story and just get to showcase to people who you are so um firstly thank you and also for the people that don't know you maybe do you want to start off with your name age and occupation sure thank you for that amazing introduction Lamika. you never cease to impress me as always um so it's Gideon Tuan uh 25 years old and I'm a associate success manager but we'll be moving into the associate solution engineering role um, mm -hmm. so yeah exactly and that's so exciting because um that you just found out about your role recently and maybe we can jump into it in a bit in terms of your career and stuff but yeah that's what you do for a living Gideon and that's what pays your bills and that's your you know income but I guess to jump right into it if I was to ask you like what really drives you um to do what you do and if I was to ask you what is your key motivation in life and everything that you do how would you answer that answer that beyond just your career what drives you to do what to what I want to do. So I guess to, to to basically give a simple answer, I feel like my purpose in life is to help people. Um, I feel like I've been putting this earth to help people mm -hmm. and put provide provide a new perspective and to lead with empathy when um with everything I do. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess another one of the, of my goals as well is to retire my parents, but I feel like for me to help people in the future, I need to be successful now and keep on learning from other people. So I'm fortunate enough to work at Salesforce where I have opportunities to take so many new um, opportunities and experiences, um, which allowed me to you know, learn and develop. And obviously I'm surrounded mm -hmm. by some people as well. But in general, I always try to figure out ways of me getting better. And so the fact that I wanna help people in the future, um, the steps I take is to improve myself on a daily basis, just to... Mm. Definitely. I mean, the getting better is very related to self-development, isn't it? Because that's exactly yeah. what you're doing. And yeah, you've obviously already kind of realised that in order for me to help others, it's like, let me work on myself first. And that's exactly yeah. what you're doing right now. And would you say that this motivation, you were always born with it? Or did, is it something that came onto you over time? Like, were you always this, I guess, ambitious? And did you always have this goal? Um. I think to a certain degree, I guess 
to give you some context, my dad's a pastor, so that's what he did. Right. The- <laughs> so you got forced into it. Yeah, then forced into it. Like I didn't have a choice. Yeah, I didn't have a choice. I, was, I grew up in the church, started playing um, drums in the church and stuff like that. So I guess that's probably where it started from. Um, if to give to give you some context. Um, but when I was younger, I was always quite shy. Mm. Um, I was very shy. Because I, I think when you're old, when you're the older sibling, I think your parents are slightly more strict of you, isn't it? So oh, you're of course. Scared. You're the first, are you the firstborn yeah. as well? Yeah, I'm the firstborn. Firstborn. So like, yeah. So like, I guess you probably can relate. Like, they're always scared to see what you what you do, and they try to put some rails behind you so you don't like stray. So I think that's that's sort of maybe a bit more shy and a bit more cautious about everything. Mm. And then eventually, I, as I grew older, as I got more independence, as I went to university, um, I feel like my purpose sort of changed in that sense because when I was younger, I just wanted to make money and just retire my parents, and that's it. Mm. But when I got older, I've got more confident in myself. I've realized that I could actually impact people's lives in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know exactly what way it would happen, but I knew at some point, like, I've, I'm quite ambitious in that sense. Like, I, I want to build schools and hospitals and stuff in Ghana. And mm. like, we were Acon's doing with um, Senegal, but like, have le- like internet for everybody in Ghana because obviously, I was, as part of my research project in my dissertation, like Africa's sort of way behind in terms of the industrial revolutions. Like mm. we were in the fourth industrial revolution, but Africa, most of it is in third or maybe in second industrial revolution. Yeah. They, don't, and, they haven't even thought that ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And you, you like, how can you help some people who are like an, an industrial revolution behind the rest of the world? Like how do we expect Africans to be more self-sufficient and, you know, make money for their own countries and things like that? We have to depend on other countries. So I think that's something I've realized um, especially in my final year at university, and I was like, you know what, whatever opportunity I take in the future, I'm going to have to work towards that goal of mine um, mm. to, to to just change the face of Africa, I guess. Mm, definitely. So I think from what you said as well, like I feel like your parents and your roots in a way, right, that's really yeah. been like the foundation of it. And it's interesting mm. because I've spoken to other people like who are African or like Nepalese or we all come from third world countries like, you know yeah, our parents yeah. and our grandparents are like that so it's interesting to hear that you know now that we are in here in the UK we've got the education we've got the um platform to make these changes even though we have kind of like made it in the in the western world I feel like from a desires point of view you want to go back and still help home right because our yeah. home needs so much work to do and it is sometimes overwhelming but to your point mm. it's like you said that I am quite ambitious and I want to do these things and there's no reason why you can't. Um, and mm. I think going back to your first answer where you said that the only way you can help others is by helping yourself and educating yourself and enabling yourself. So when the time comes, like, it's like, oh, it's kind of led to this moment kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love yeah. that. And I think like you you mentioned this idea around being shy and I guess this comes from the first child uh, aspect, but how did you get out of that shell and and, mm. and to kind of put yourself out there because naturally yes it's the first child and I don't know if we're like because I can relate I was the same as well I wasn't outspoken at all I was kind of always in the background kind of thing like yeah, just same. observing people listening people and I think in a way that's actually helped myself and obviously you as well be a bit better listener and now you can apply those skills in the work world but how how was that experience for you like when you felt shy and you were kind of held back and w- what did you do to kind of overcome that and and to get out of your shell in a way like what kind of what worked for you to get out of your shell 
I think for me, I did not like being shy at all. There was a point where I was like, damn, I need to, I need to get rid of this <laughs> shyness. Like, Honestly, it's like, why is it always here? Like, go away. It's like that, that, I don't know, you know when you see those cartoons with a devil in your, your head? Or, yeah, Honestly. Yeah, that's literally what it was. Um, I was like, you know what, if I want to do anything, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being shy. Let me just put, let me put that out there just for, um, just to, you know, FYI, there's nothing wrong with being shy. But I think for where I want to go to, I have, to, I had to improve myself. Um, I wouldn't say improve, I just um, see see myself or develop myself so I can act a different way mm-hmm. to get where I need to get to. Because like you said, being shy is actually beneficial in the sense that um, it's allowed me to be very introspective mm-hmm. and it's allowed me to read situations better than I probably wouldn't have, maybe if I wasn't a shy. Um, mm-hmm. So I think one of the things I started to get myself out of that level was university i moved out of university i went to brunel first for a year and lived by myself with 15, 13 other guys in mill hall ground floor if anyone nice. wants to <laughs> no you didn't go through <laughs> I, I i didn't stay in the halls i just stayed in fulton avenue yeah okay first year, yeah but yeah. bristles were exciting it yeah. <laughs> like uni was just too uni was too sick for me yeah yeah uni was fun um but yeah i went to brunel um I literally, that was the first time being away from home, like for extended periods of time. And you know what, I, I tried to socialize a lot in that year. Like mm-hmm. I, I played the American football team. I played American football team before, I played American football before, but my shyness actually hindered my progress. Mm-hmm. I didn't have confidence in myself. And I was like, like, you know what, if my shyness can hinder my American football, <laughs> let us <laughs> hinder if I didn't improve it. So went to university, kept on playing American football. Um, I was very social my first year, um, surprisingly. Then I went to Brighton, same thing. Then I went to UE Bristol. And that's when that development for that first two years in those two different universities got me to a decent level at, at Bristol. Um, mm. there I, I, I got a job straight straight in from uni. I was like, you know what, if I want to keep improving myself and make myself ready for when a time comes where I'm after have to graduate job or internship, um, I'll do this experience. I'll learn how to work in office. I'll learn how to conduct myself. That executive presence that I probably lacked because I was probably scared of everything. Mm. but i think the the biggest contributor um during that time in university was my summer camp experiences mm. um, because literally well the first one was in cheltenham which was great but i was actually forced to lead a group of people namely very rich people from all over the world from russia to china to colombia oh my uh, god what, so what is this summer camp you're speaking of because for people that maybe that don't know that yeah, so, so it was a uh, it was called King Summer I worked for, um, or King's Education now, um, and luckily I got into the job through a teammate of mine who, who I used to play record with in Brighton, and he introduced me to. He said, "Oh, there's a, there's some jobs going on, so does anyone apply?" So I applied for mm-hmm. it, and then um, it was in Cheltenham. The first one was based in Cheltenham, and I was an activity leader. So basically, my task mm-hmm. was to lead um, sporting activities or entertainment activities with the students. And then other times we'll be taking on excursions around England. So, mm. so that's that forced me to get out of that bubble, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I think even then, the way I was talking, I wasn't really, I was a bit like 50 Cent after, you know, he got his accident. Like, I was, very, I was, I was mumbling a bit, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was, I was mumbling a lot. And in that experience, a lot of students were like, you know, I don't understand what you're saying. So from that point, <laughs> I'm, I'm really like, yeah. yeah. So that felt like you know what I need to announce you my words a little bit better. 
Mm. Uh, so that's, that was one step. So being able to speak better, did speak more authoritatively. That experience. Mm. And then the next two years, I went to America. Um, first one was LA, and the second one was in New York. And wow. after those experiences, luckily with the visa, I can travel for 30 days after um, nice. with no problem. So, so, so did you go there just for your American football? Is that what the main reason was or for the camp? That was for the camp. Oh, nice, nice, yeah. yeah. It was literally like a paid job, but just nice. That's sick. Yeah. So Camp USA, Camp America, BNAC. If any of you are listening and are in the university, definitely check it out next year. I recommend it. Um, life changing experience. Um, made so many new friends, stayed in hostels as well, wherever I went. So it forced me to travel by myself, mm. meeting servants. So literally the, I guess the sum to summarize that, it just put me out of my comfort zone. Mm. And I've realized that putting myself out of the comfort zone has allowed me to grow in every situation so like even working out in the gym that's put yourself in a uncomfortable situation put a heavy bar on your head or mm. not your head, on your head or whatever <laughs> on your head you know i don't know what kind of workout that is you're asking for an injury mate <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we're not, we don't we don't recommend putting bars no, and stuff on your head applying pressure basically to summarize applying pressure to myself and like in the gym, the more weight or more resistance you have, surely your muscles will grow eventually over, over time. So that's mm. literally what I did, but with my finance and my confidence um, to summarize. Yeah, for sure. I love that. I think from everything that you said, I just had some couple notes that I made. And the first one is uh, when you've got the opportunity to go to a camp <clears> and that's <throat> through the power of networking, right? Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah. because you put yourself out there, you put, yourself in contact with these people who had links that recommended you that thing and then that was the first kind of snowball effect that made you apply and obviously had the most amazing experience the second one was all around the development piece so that was the development on yourself and that could be like communication and saying mm. the right words and not sounding like 50 cent like <laughs> that was like the second thing you had to work on yourself and you were willing to take that feedback on board and uh, work on it so that yeah okay let me improve this and as a result I can get my message across better and then finally yeah. this idea around the comfort zone applying pressure and challenging yourself right and I think the gym is the biggest place to like have a goal and then say okay I've done hit this you know wait today let me push myself a bit more and a bit yeah. more and it's like it, when your body and your mind says no when your body says no your mind wants to keep going right and this idea around like push pushing that extra mile applying that pressure like you said, can be applied in your all aspects of your life, um, and and always going that like just pushing it a little bit more, a little yeah. bit more, a little bit more. And I think that's how like you come out of your shell, right? And and going yeah. back to when you said you were shy and nervous and not who you are today, it was those exact experiences that has kind of helped you shine. And you you do get into that flow and that rhythm, and like it just builds up because you're like okay, I want to do more. I want to do more extracurricular activities. I want to put myself out even more. And then that's what's going to help you grow and, and get your ambitions, your message, and who you are across um, yeah. for, your, for your future as well, right? So that, that's been a really insightful way to really get back to my question around what motivates you. And I think that's really given me a holistic view of the things you've done and, and, and this <laughs> idea, yeah, <laughs> this idea around like helping others, but yeah. The only way you can help others is by helping yourself first. Um, exactly. Right. And um, I think my sec second question to you, Gideon, is actually understanding, like you've, you've mentioned a lot of experiences you've had and 
you know, whether it's career or American football or camp and stuff. If I was to ask you, like, is there one event or an experience or anything that's happened in your life that has really shaped you to be who you are? Like, if you think back, like, oh, my God, if that that didn't happen, I wouldn't be who I am today. Like, from a personal point of view, when you were younger or recently, what's the first thing that comes in your mind? So I was going to say the first thing that came to mind was the summer camps. But then I wouldn't have even heard about the summer camps if it wasn't for American football. Mm. I think I would say American football it, um, is sort of that driving force for all my change, I think. Nice. Um, you know, now I think about American football is a very big part of my life, I would say. So initially I thought, you know, I loved American sports, I used to play basketball. And then I, I was like, you know what, I want to go to America and get a scholarship. So I was like, yeah, let me play American football for <laughs> Yeah, how did you come across American football? Because obviously it's not a common sport that people in yeah. the UK play because it is American football, right? Yeah, yeah. How did yeah. you come across it and, and what made you kind of pursue that? I mean, I just wanted to go to America. I was like, I was so... Your goal? I was just I was like, I want to go to America. I want to I wanna play at a big college university and have thousands of people cheer for my team and hundreds of thousands of people, not thousands. And the American then, uh, dream. <laughs> the American dream, go to the airport, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but then also I quickly realised that the, the talent on the US was obviously another level to what <laughs> I trained for at that point in time. So, sure. um, yeah, I think American football, because the, the thing I love about it is the fact that it's literally like human chess. Mm. It's so tactical um, and it's so, it's almost like war, I would say, in that sense. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, like you literally plan in every single situation to the inches. You do this and do that, and hopefully this is the outcome you'll score, whatever. Mm. Or, it's very strategic game. Yeah, from what you said. Yeah, very strategic, and that's what's fun about it. But also the fact that anyone from any size, any race, any background can play, and uh, the camaraderie is different from any other sports I played. I played rugby, basketball, football. I played all those contact sport um, or team sports rather. And I think American football is the one that stuck with me because of that reason. And the fact that I'm trusting someone else, especially in my position as a running back, to protect me or lead the way for me, for me to get, get through and score. Uh, and that's what like in life. Like, you don't, you don't do anything by yourself. Like, there's people who pave the way for others to succeed in life. That, yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of metaphorical, isn't it? Yeah, literally the same. It's literally the same. Mm-hmm. Like, the same metaphor, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, how... So I don't know how the sport works, right? You mentioned it's like a chess, but like, is it like, how does it work? Like, if you were to summarise the rules of it, like in a summary point of view, Mm. is it, like you said, do you depend on your teammates to get you through? Or like, what was your role? And like, do you have to just read the game and read the people? How does it, how how is it strategic? It's it's strategic because, first of all, you have four chances to gain 10 yards. Mm -hmm. And then... Out of as soon as you get enough of those ten yards, you get into a position where you can score. So you can score by a touchdown, or you can score by a field goal. But I don't want to get too deep into that. But basically, the the goal is for one side of the team. There's eleven players on each side, offense and defense. Um, the offense's goal is to try score, and the defense's goal is to to stop the offense from scoring. Mm-hmm. And my position was a running back, so the idea for my uh, position is to, you know. Either I'll get the ball from the quarterback, who's basically the, cap- the captain or the commander in charge. Um, they give me the ball, they can throw it to me, uh, and then try and make as much yardage as I can with those opportunities that the quarterback gives me. 
Um, or I'll just block, I've, maybe my other job is to block someone else who might try to take my quarterback or tackle my quarterback so that they can make their own play. Maybe they can run or score or throw the ball mm -hmm. to someone else. Mm -hmm. So it's that's basically how it works, if that makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. But it's a little position. Some people's position, the only job on the field is to block and protect for other people. And that's mm -hmm. the that's alignment. Yeah, that's what I love about the sport. That's one of the things yeah. I love about the sport. For and sure. that's how, how I've worked yeah from my perspective it's so interesting because i like i don't know about it right so it's like just to learn about it as well because i've watched it in like movies and stuff like a cinderella story like mm. that's a good movie where the guy plays like all american movies have american football um but i think from yeah. everything that you said like obviously there's that aspect of team like support but i guess that's relevant in every uh sport right um and this aspect of like mm. trust as well like you're trusting your teammates to do the right thing exactly. so you can go off and do the do, like get the ball from one place to another and this idea around like uh, having that like vision like tunnel vision like a goal like in most sports right it's like how can i get the yeah. how can i protect the ball or how can i block this person to not get that so yeah i think there's a lot you can a uh, lot from the sports world you can apply in your in your work life as well and, and also like your personal life and yeah. from my kind of understanding like the, those fundamentals you have built in that world has shaped you to be who you are so um going back to the question around uh you know what event or an experience like initially you said summer camp but then you wouldn't have even gotten through that gotten to that point if it wasn't for the american football so that's i think that's like the first half of the podcast getting like which is all around like your ordinary tales and and really trying to get to know you and your motivations and stuff and the second half is all mm. around the extraordinary dreams part which is the future and and what you want to achieve and you mentioned the side hustle piece so maybe we can delve into that a bit more but if i was to ask you uh, this one question we can uh, take it from there but if i if i was to ask you now gideon like what do you want your legacy to be um how would you answer that? I think relating to what I said before with the American football stuff and before, I think my legacy would be to provide opportunities for people who didn't have the opportunities to succeed or sell. Um, I think that's that's basically all I ever want in life, really. To, Like I said, to help others. It goes back to that first statement, to help others. Um, I don't care how rich I'll be. I don't care if if people say i'm putting too much effort in something outside of myself mm. but i think if it helps to, like if if nobody in history didn't have that mindset we probably would be still cavemans yeah, I don't know, yeah exactly you, can, you don't know exactly what would happen if there was no people who was making progression in the world if we didn't mm. have all these innovators um, we wouldn't be flying in planes or, no. you know what I mean? We wouldn't have certain things that we take for granted, for, for example. So, um, but also if people didn't, you know, put the time to charity and helping others, um, maybe, maybe like our lives can be so different. Like maybe I wouldn't have left Ghana if my dad didn't really try to pay the way for his family to come to the UK and get a better life. I literally wouldn't be in Salesforce right now if I stayed in Ghana. There's literally... No. The chances would have been like zero points. <laughs> so like, it's like minus, minus yeah. zero. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that perspective, me, me, realizing that has made me realize that I should probably do the same. Mm. Well, I should probably do. I will do the same for others. Yeah, for yeah. others. For sure. for sure. Yeah, I love yeah, that. I love and it. I think 
going back to your uh, point around, you know, if your dad didn't come here, like, and have that ambition, like moving to a new country and learning the new culture for his kids, like mm. you, you wouldn't have gotten this opportunity and the platform to like succeed. And I'm the same, right? My parents moved over to this country only, I think one of their first priorities is for a better life for their kids, like myself yeah. and my brother. Um, and I feel like your, yours is a similar uh, scenario. And this links back to what you said around like providing opportunities for people that didn't because you do think sometimes it's like if I wasn't in the UK what would I be doing back home like I'd yeah. probably be in a village somewhere like married with kids yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean like yeah and the saddest part is like imagine how much um talent and ambition and dreams are locked away that way in it because it's like that could have yeah. been us but then if you think about it there are people out there who are like us and they've got ambitions and dreams but they can't because the opportunities aren't there and and this goes back to what you said around yeah. like paving the way for these opportunities and it is kind of like metaphorically going back to the American football where you've got the goal of like um providing opportunities and it's like you are like m removing those obstacles and and uh and, and you know get paving that way right which I think can be linked in here yeah. as well. <laughs> um but I think like from like this idea around paving the way you're already you you know focusing your career working on yourself and 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 kind of already being that role model um for I guess young mainly black males and females right um who might not have had that hope if they hadn't seen people like yourself that has proved that you can make it in the in this world and and and, and succeed and stuff but is there anything else you've been doing to 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 provide and pave that way um and you mentioned the side hustle piece as well I don't know if this is related but what are you actively working on uh to to kind of reach this higher goal of providing opportunities for others yeah so um one of the things I'm working on I'm, I guess to give some context as well to people who may not know who I am um I, as part of Salesforce there's employee resource groups and I work for the black focused employee resource group called black philanthropy chair mm -hmm. um and in that role um i've worked with an amazing team of people um i think victoria's been on this podcast as well so you probably know her she's she's the lead for um so is, yeah. some of the things i've done is mentoring programs um with different age groups not just like university students but there's also a charity that i worked with called urban synergy um you got a little shout out didn't you that yeah, I got a little shout out, yeah, and that's yeah. Yeah, shout out as well. Yeah, I love that. And then you yeah. gave me a shout out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's sick. Yeah, um, yeah I, got, I got a shout out from them, but just working with students who may not have the know-how or the connections or the positioning for them to get the certain, like, internships at, like, Barclays or Google, whatever they want to do, just because mm -hmm. they haven't got that mental model they can aspire to. Mm. So I work with someone, uh, someone who's very similar to me right now. Um, he's, he, I mean, I want to say he's very similar. He's very ambitious. He's a little bit reserved, but there's so much potential in him. And I can tell he's very ambitious. And the fact that he's always dedicated to the mentoring programs keeps on inspiring me to do more. Um, mm. And I think that's one of the one of the things I've done um, in, in recent times to you know um, pave the way for others. And mm. another one is also in my one of my side hustles is. Uh, personalized learning platform um we call it educat at the moment um 
so it's focused on GCSE stu students currently. Currently, we're going to focus on maths because it's the easiest thing to develop at the moment. Um, so the idea is to have a personalized learning platform that adapts to your students' needs. So the idea is with education, if you want to, apart from outside of school, the other option is tutoring or your parents or your friends teaching you. Tutoring, mm -hmm. I think the average is like 26 to 30 pounds an hour. Um, some people in certain areas of the UK can't afford that. Like, mm. like some parents can't afford that. They want to do better for the students, but they can't afford the tutoring. Mm. Um, so this platform um, provides a way for students to actually understand their progress um, through adaptive questions. So if the questions, if they answer questions in algebra, and they keep getting them wrong, the, mm. the platform will make it easier for them. Or if they answer questions in numbers that number subject and they keep getting them right, the, the, the platform will make it hard for them. So that way, at the end of the testing process, they can see exactly where the strengths and weaknesses are and ideas mm -hmm. for, for the student to work on their strengths and weaknesses based on the recommendations we provide them. Nice. Um, so it's just a new way of learning. It's, yeah. it's not, and it's a much more affordable way. And in some cases, it, it may be free as well. So, yeah. yeah, that's that is sick. yeah, that sounds amazing, mate, because I feel like, the key thing is though the pers is the personalization piece because yeah. in the school and education system is very like one size fits all like yeah. everyone studies this or everyone studies that but you don't really harness each individual strength or, we yeah. or weaknesses but what this is doing is like looking at where you sit in this I don't know a scale or somewhere and then filling in those gaps accordingly and and, and identifying the right places to enhance their skills or strengthen them right but no that sounds yeah. amazing has, has it already been launched or are you still in the in the process at the moment yeah so we will launch in january so we're going to start nice. very soon actually so yeah look out for it educat that sounds <laughs> exciting <man>. let, <laughs> let me know let me know i'm going to yeah. definitely do the promo and marketing and stuff because i think it's definitely needed and it's amazing how like you've managed to find something that you're passionate about going back to your legacy piece around paving the way but it's like using technology to enable um that high level kind of goal right and, mm. and and finding time for it as well and how did you did you just work on it outside of work or like is it just you doing it or maybe for the people listening that have got these ambitions to start side hustles like this um how have you managed your time and and, and found uh, yeah your your found some time in your life to work on this well i guess i was lucky because um it was in lockdown so it was like around march april i saw a post on linkedin about uh like a like a weekend um for founders to like sort of launch their ideas mm. and connect with other like-minded people so i connected through uh i, I signed up for the event through founder vine and one tech um shout out to founder vine and one tech nice. so it was like a weekend where initially it was just a bunch of founders with different ideas and then eventually they, we talk, we shared ideas and then it felt, well, it reduced to 10 ideas. And then obviously the idea that I wanted to, uh, I guess, progress was Socratic learning, which was EDICAT currently, mm. Socratic learning. So I joined two guys on that, or three guys technically, but two guys were actually on the, on the program. Um, and they had the idea, they thought they had a similar idea. And I was like, you know what, this sounds great. Um, I've I've benefited from tutoring in the past. I was like, if there's any way to make this industry better, because education is a big part of my my I guess I guess part of my values. Yeah, like mm. I also developed as my second value. I would say so. Mm. 
um, it just made it was a natural fit. I really got on well with the guys, and I was like, you know what, let's run with this. So we did that weekend together, and then we were in the top five of the competition. So we got an opportunity to work with YSYS, you'll start up your story and do mm -hmm. like a pre-accelerator program for for like six, seven weeks. So we did that as well. And ever since then, we've just been working on a problem statement, developing the platform now, um, and figure out how to sort of release a product the right way and to mm -hmm. make it beneficial for those who will use it. Because it, it could change the face of how students study in the future. Oh, for sure. For sure, especially with the recent climate, right? With like uni and stuff, like all the courses are gone online, and yeah. it just I think proves to society that you can learn without having to go to um, be there, like in in the physical world. Mm. And I think that that's the power of these kind of platforms is like you can easily lift and shift it, and you know push it back to Ghana or or, yeah. or these other third world countries where they mm. might not have the people might not have the time and effort to go in, but it's like, as long as they have the internet connection, um, how can you tailor that experience, yeah. that uh, platform to other um, countries, right? And especially yeah. where education is lacking the most. So it, it can, to your point, um, change that future of education. Yeah, 100%. That, I mean, it's so exciting though. Yeah, that tech space is crazy actually. There's a lot, there's quite, there's quite a few um, other similar organizations that do the same thing. and. The industry is just expected to grow and grow and grow. So nice. yeah, it's exciting times to be honest. For sure. And I'm so glad you jumped on it as well. Um, I feel like now's the right time, right? Rather than mm. it when it's like made it's already been made and you're like just kind of jumping on the hype. You've mm. started from the bottom where it's like this is the planning phase and this is the product development phase, and um mm. you've been involved at the right time. Um yeah. kind of like the founding members in a way. Yeah. And that's what I love about you know, I guess like understanding your goals and, and everyone on the guests, all the guests that's on this podcast is like, um, you get to showcase these dreams and these, uh, you know, ambitions. And I, I, I think I, I write this on the podcast description as well. Like imagine coming back here in 10 years time, mm. like with you and, and doing like a, a reflection of how's that platform going? Like imagine how sick yeah. this would be to like hear to this, this conversation in 10 years or 20 years time and, yeah. tell your grandkids like yeah I've, I've always been this ambitious I've always had these goals and mm. in a way it's kind of like saying it is kind of manifesting it as well in the real world right yeah and, I, and, and same with you as well I, I'm expecting to see this podcast like with that hundred million dollar contract like <laughs> <laughs> imagine yeah I mean yeah you never know man like, honestly like for me as well I'm similar to you it's like yeah I don't care if I make money or or, or like I, I don't want to be in a specific status like if I can do something to help even an individual like yourself and shed some light on your story and your goals like that's my job done and it, if in the long run it means that it becomes like a big multi-dollar company I'm not going to complain am I like stuff, but it is exciting for sure and and I think that's the best part of our generation. Like we're not willing to settle. We're not willing to yeah. settle with the nine to five and get money and not do much with our lives uh, because we have got so much time and energy and now is the right time to like, explore and try these new things out and focus mm -hmm. on your side hustles and really get down to the core of what am I passionate about? Like, yes, we have a job, but then what else can I bring to the table, right? And that's mm -hmm. exactly what you've done. Um, and I guess what I've done as well is focus on those things that you love and 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 yeah. do it rather than just saying it, you know? Yeah, 
I think I think you, you made a great point as well. Like, I don't want to ever settle at any point in my life for any situation. Like, mm. if I feel like I'm settling, I feel like I'm regressing. Because mm. if you're progressing, you're staying at the same point when other people progress. I'm not, I'm not saying as I'm comparing myself to other people, but I'm like, my potential can only go up. It can't go down. No. Only stay or, you know what I mean? So, um, and also that leads to another thing called, called regret as well. I don't want to ever regret not to take an opportunity. It's not being ambitious or not being, I guess, daring to mm-hmm. um, I'll, I'll, like in the past, when I felt regret in the past, it was because I take, take that step. So I, I just tried to minimize that. I don't want to be that 80 old man. It's like, um, oh, I, wish his, I, I wish I started that education. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish I did this. I wish I traveled. I wish I asked that person out. You know what I mean? Like, it, it applies to every single aspect of life. Like, I see it in these videos on YouTube of people, of older people saying they regret things. I'm like, nah, that's, that's really sad. But the people who are happy are the ones who didn't have that, that regret. So, yeah. So, if with young people, when I mentor them, I'm telling them literally do, do what you can, do as much as you can, um, because you don't want to regret things five, 10 years from now. Oh, for kind of sure. Thing. I was going to say, I think that's the biggest thing, isn't it? Like, not having regret. Like, mm. imagine yourself, you're 18, you're in like an old people's home and you're in, sitting in those armchairs. It's like, if you were to, be like you know have I done everything I can to my max possibility have I not let my fear hold myself back have I you know lived every Mm. single day to my best capability that's when you know it's like you can pass away in peace in a way like without that burden like what if like what if I had done that Um, and I think Mm. that's what to your point like so many people have that regret is like they let fear hold them back and they let these external factors and people saying you can't do it hold them back and at the end of the day what's the worst that can happen right what's the worst that can happen honestly Mm. you're just a practice yeah you're not gonna die most things (laughs) (laughs) maybe that should be a new challenge be a swimmer in (laughs) it comfort zone and i can swim i was a good swimmer like I was a good swimmer, but I just stopped swimming for so long. And then I think that's where the fear came in. Because I could swim, but I was scared when I got into a deeper pool. Like, when I went, basically, when I, on my travels and stuff. So I was like, you know, I need to just learn how to swim again. Because it's a fear of mine. But I don't want it to hold me back when I next travel. If I want to do cliff jumping or, mm-hmm. you know, do something like that. So It's a mental uh, thing more than anything, yeah. isn't it? I'm yeah. sure you can do it physically, but it's mentally. You're like, can I do it? Yeah. Um, but no. Yeah. It's a very thing in life, though. I think... The mind is so powerful. Without going into like a Kanye tangent as well, but do it and do it. This is the kind of shit I like. <laughs> Give me I that think, mind talk. <laughs> yeah, that mind talk. Like, like I feel like Kanye is like, he's like, whatever oh. I send my mind to, it will ha- it will come to pass. And even though people might say he's a bit wacky and stuff like that, uh, some some things he says and does. does, you can tell like he really believes it. Like, oh for sure. I think that's what. Like I, I do wonder if previously, like before social, before the internet, before the social industrial revolutions, how powerful our mind would have been. Maybe like have we? I always think to myself, have we constricted our mind to a certain way just to get through society? Like was our mind even more powerful before? I do wonder that. Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, for sure. Like do you know, in Limitless the movie as well. Like it talks about how like you're, you're only using ten percent of your mind or something. You yeah. know, like ninety percent is um, locked away. And I do. 100% believe that society has restricted 
um, how much we use our mind and and mm. this idea around like reaching our full potential because mm. I don't know if it's Illuminati or the government mm. or who it is yeah but they're trying to like uh, put us in a box and like not let us get too powerful because if you start yeah. using your mind to your full potential and like realize that you know whatever you think will come to life and all these things like people are going to get too powerful they're going to question authority and I think that's the reason why society marketing media has conditioned us to uh, believe in behaving and stay on a strict like line and not get out of that line um yeah. i think more and more people to your point like kanye like you know i start to question these beliefs and um really get it down into the core i think it goes all back to what you said around the only way you can help others and 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 reach help others reach their full potential is if you reach your own full potential and know the power you have within um, whether mm. it's in your mind or in your belief and most successful people i think all successful people have realized this right they've realized this yeah. idea around the mind and um you know you are the only one blocking yourself from getting your dreams and your ambitions and you yeah. can remove that and understand the power of your mind like that's when you feel um like you get freedom to do yeah. whatever you want without that fear um but yeah. i 100 believe that mind has been yeah yeah going back to your point around what our mind could have done or been if it wasn't for society and, and government or whoever's in power trying to put mm. us in a box yeah it was about accountability really isn't it after it's something another thing i always try preach to every single person i speak to um especially younger people if you're accountable you can you can appreciate that there's things that are outside of control mm. but, there's, but there's also things in your in the power of your hands that you can do to improve yourself or make your situation better Mm. And I think if it comes like like educating yourself, if you don't know much about the politics, like the recent the recent US election, if you don't know how the electoral system works, shout out Biden, Harris. Like, <laughs> exactly. like 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 because there's people who in this election, there's I think I think they won with the most votes ever, isn't it? Mm, I think people, so, yeah. Yeah. So more people have like learnt about um or study or actually took the action to vote, and that's because they educated themselves. Um to to figure out who's the right candidate for the next four years, mm. so that's being accountable now. So if it you if, if it was a case where black people weren't voting before, um, because yeah they didn't believe they couldn't really choose a side or they didn't believe them, what like their vote can make a difference. Their accountability has caused Biden to be elected, even if you don't agree with everything he's done or said or whatever in the past. Same with Trump as well. Like I'm sure it was the same people. People will vote for Trump now for reasons they probably wouldn't have voted before. So oh, um, sure. Yeah, accountability is a start um, after self awareness, I guess. Mm, I think that's a really, really valid point because accountability, in a way, is saying that you have the power to make a change. Yeah, you are accountable. Like it's kind of like someone handing you like a power, like something, like to be like. You can, yeah honestly like just some something like a stone yeah. <laughs> to be like you you can now do what you can and i think accountability and self-awareness works hand in hand because you yeah. can only be accountable if you're self-aware of what you're accountable for and what you want to do yeah. with this accountability as well exactly. right but it, it is like a it does kind of go hand in hand but it's a very very important point it's like i guess moving forward as well like maybe for the people listening it's so easy to play the victim card and it's so easy yeah. to say that it's not me, it's my manager or, or it's not me. I just don't have the right opportunities. If you're accountable for your own life, your future, what you want to do and achieve, like these external factors suddenly doesn't matter anymore because yeah. you have come to that realization. 
Um, so I think coming to a realization of the power of accountability through self-awareness is where the magic lies. 100%. You were preaching right there. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Did I sound like a dad? <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah, I'm going to so. drop my podcast mic. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, that's, yeah, that's how it works. But, um, no, but no. Yeah, I think you summarize it perfectly well. Yeah, I think also, like, we live in a time where, I think Jordan Peterson mentioned this. I love, I love Jordan Peterson. Like, I think he's got a great mind. Um, we live probably in the easiest, we probably live in the easiest times ever compared to 50 years ago, compared to 100 years ago, compared to 1,000. You know what I mean? Because we have access to so much information. Like, if you wanted to do something, someone else has probably done it already. And they've probably laid the blueprint of how to do it better. Mm -hmm. they probably share their mistakes like youtube is my bread and butter like that's oh what, mate that's youtube is like 80 percent of my life yeah literally you, most times it's watching vlogs and like food stuff but half the time <laughs> it's like educating things too yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, but i'm sure you like taking some inspiration from the food and all that stuff but uh make me hungry now but um, <laughs> but, um yeah but um yeah youtube like when i was ever like when i was studying at university like I knew, I knew my, I, I'm not a book worth, I, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm not a book when, when it comes to like studying certain things, I guess in other things I am, but I knew YouTube. that YouTube, yeah, YouTube was the best way for me to learn my subjects. Um, and it literally has so much information. If you know where to look, you can find out so many life experiences. You can literally find virtual mentors in a way will provide you an insight that you never would get in your wider circle no. or even at uni like you would pay 9k at uni but i think some of the stuff that's on youtube is much more valuable yeah. like life valuable than you, you can't buy these things right and it's all yeah. at the click of your button yeah like it's yeah. literally one search and you've got the whole yeah. world like, TED talks like everything yeah. you need right yeah that's what i love it like i feel like i said amazon was one of the greatest inventions recently but now i think about i think youtube is probably the greatest greatest invention of our recent time yeah I think that obviously they both have its own uh, strengths and weaknesses, but I think going back to your values around education and um, mm. platform and stuff, it's I, I see why you see YouTube as one of the greatest uh, invention. And I think I'd agree as well. Like Amazon, yes, you can get products and, you know, like physical things, but through the knowledge you gain from YouTube, like that's just like, it's it's like a gold mine, isn't it? It's like, it's got everything, it's got everything yeah. you ever need like a very good segue into the the final question of the podcast as well which is all around like any self-development like tips that worked for you and um you know it could be a youtube podcast like ted talk or books or anything that's worked for you that you want to share with your listeners like have you got any tips or um mm. or anything that's worked for you from a self-development lens um i think yes youtube um i love jordan peterson um because I think of all the psychologists that I've like come across, he's the one that seemed the most clearest. I'm mm -hmm. guessing one of the most popular ones as well, so that probably helps. But that's probably why he's become more popular because he's quite easy to understand, mm. like the qualities, points, and views. I don't uh, know who he is, Gideon, but I'm gonna have to check it out. Know. I don't know. Maybe because I have like maybe I'll know if I see his face. But yeah, he's Canadian. He's got like he's got he's. He's, yeah, he's Canadian. I'll, I'll send a link to him after. I can't really describe sure. him. Um, right. <laughs> trying to explain <laughs> what he looks like. He's yeah. like, mate, I can just search him up, you know. 
Um, also Gary V, uh, because he's that like. Oh yes, for cool, sure. But like very naggy uncle who has the best intentions. That's the way I see Gary V. And he's so uh, real, like the way he swears. Yeah. It's like, yeah. can do this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like like he needs. He need, I, I I respond back to that. Because if if someone tells me the truth and is raw about it, I respond so much better. And then I do the Michael Jordan complex and be like, okay, fine, I take it personal. <laughs> and then, <laughs> no, seriously, like Victoria actually's done that. It's even Lauren as well. Um, she's told me things like straight up, and I was like, you know what? Okay, fine, I'm gonna take it personal. And then it's elevated me because, yeah. like, it, it was. I appreciate. I respected the fact that they took the time to tell me that, and I also don't want to let them down. But it was also, more. I can either just do nothing about it, or I can change it. So, um, yeah, and I think that's so important, right? When you get feedback and stuff, like not letting your yeah. ego get hurt. Because so often, yeah. like naturally, your ego gets in the way, it gets defensive. Like, how dare you tell me that? Like, you don't know, like, you know, who, who are you to tell me that? But the fact that you're putting your hand up and mm. saying, like, yeah, like, I'm going to work on it, it just shows so much about your character. And as a result, that's how you elevate and that's how you grow, evolve, and, and you know, just be a better person. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I think it all comes down to accountability, self-awareness. If you feel like, you again, your ego is hurting, then actually be like, okay, why is my ego hurting? Keep going down the why route. So mm-hmm. figure out what the root causes are. Is it insecurity? Is it something that happened in the past? Is it the per- the way the person said it? Try to understand all that perspective before you make a reaction on it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, you know, there, was, there was a book, The 48 Laws of Power, and one of, them, one of the statements was, say, less than necessary. I think it was the fourth or fifth law. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that as as both, I think you're introvert as well, isn't it? Like you used to be, sure. yeah. Or I extra- used to be, but I'm an extrovert now. So I think okay. yeah. I think yeah. obviously you can go get into both scales, but I think yeah. I'd say more extrovert now. But yeah, I was an introvert. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. <laughs> so I think I'm still an introvert. Even people say I'm an extrovert when they first speak to me, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think saying less than necessary is very important because um, it gives you the chance to understand different perspectives and then you can come to a critical conclusion behind mm-hmm. based on what you've heard or experienced mm-hmm. and I think just taking that step back could prevent so much problems and aggressions and animosity because mm-hmm. I think it's easy to lead with emotion like respond with an emotional charge mm-hmm. but then if you if you emotions change over time isn't it like we fluctuates like Sometimes having that logical response, having that step to time to step back and be like, you know what, I can feel like I'm getting really heated about this, but you know what, let me respect the other person's statement and let me see if I understand, or let's see if we can come to a, a conclusion, like a good conclusion solution together, basically. Mm. Uh, and also, I think that's the self awareness piece, isn't it? Self awareness piece. That's very yeah. much. Yeah, and also I think talking about like. I can't be self-awareness as well. Great, great point, self-awareness. Like, look after your mental health. Um, don't, I think, there's, I can't remember you said this, but anxiety, um, depression is thinking of worrying about the past and anxiety is worrying about the future, I think was the saying. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I probably, yeah, I've, I've, everyone's, I mean, I won't say everyone, but quite a few people are going through depression and anxiety. I've noticed when those start seeping in, and then I've noted it in my mind. And I'm like, okay, I'm feeling depressed. Or I'm feeling anxiety. Why is this? What's the root cause behind it? And then I try to mitigate that. 
And I think it's something that probably needs more education. I think it needs it needs to be maybe a bit more accessible. And I think it needs to be a bit more respected as well. Because I think when a guy says, oh, they depressed or 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 a woman, or even, guy or woman, whatever, says they're depressed or having sex. <laughs> but man, I get really, what you mean. Get what you mean, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying, if, if, if you said oh, they're anxious, like, oh, yeah, we need to come on, to toughen up, whatever, toughen up, whatever. But you, you don't really know what they're going through. You know what I'm saying? But also, yeah. if you do feel like in that situation, definitely speak to people, um, find people that you trust, use that support network to help you find that root cause, and then maybe that support network can help you solve that. Um, those thoughts that in your head that might be holding you back or make you feel mm. some way. Um, I think if you're self-aware, it helps you mitigate those. And oh, for sure. Ways, yeah. And one of the ways I do that is either through working out, spending time with my family, uh, or just speaking to a friend about random stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's something I would say helps my sure. development journey. Yeah, for sure. That's so important, isn't it? Like taking care yeah. of yourself. Yeah. Um, and the, the piece around the mental health where you said that the reason that people are you know depressed or anxious is because they're constantly thinking about the past or the future mm. but all we have is the now the present moment yeah. Yeah. right and there's, there's a whole book around the power of the now power of now mm. by Tolly and it's all around focusing on the present moment and when you focus on the present moment you're self-aware um and, and you're, you're putting all the attention in the present moment because that's all you've got and it's kind of quietening your your mind when it starts to get into not the best kind of territory yeah but to your point it's all about you don't know what people are going through it's re it's respecting individuals for their own journey and and you know maybe they have to go through this dark time to come out of it stronger yeah. or maybe you know they need a bit of help at the moment um and, and it's also always, always kind of respecting others with like always leading with compassion and empathy yeah. and and recognizing that you know you'll never understand what they're going through but always being there to help where you can but yeah. more importantly it's like how can um you you apply this in your own life right how can you treat yourself with compassion and empathy um and exactly. not be hard on yourself which is mm. so important and, and and kind of speak up um or ask for help when you need that uh, whether yeah. it's like you said you talk to your friends or your family but it's recognizing those trigger points within you and that all boils down to this idea around self-awareness um, which is where you know where all the experiences lies how you yeah. react in those uh, heated moments or when mm. you're feeling down it's like, okay now that i've recognized this feeling or i've recognized that i need to do this is like what can i do about it and then that's what really shapes your reality and your experiences and your life uh, yeah. as a whole right yeah agree i think like it's all a journey at the end of the day like everyone has a different journey and if you are in the present, like you said, if you're in the present, you literally, it's like just clarity, it's just peace and clarity. If you're in the present and you actually think, okay, this is where I'm in my life right now. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. You, know I mean? you can have your goals and ambitions, but you, it's, it's, it's almost unhealthy to be a bit too ambitious because you'll be saying, you'll be saying you that you exactly, you can't see the future. Um, so yeah, great summary. That's for sure yeah and i think i read somewhere it's like um all you have is the now like all you have yeah. is the present moment like obviously you can't go back into the past but then you can't ever get into the future because when the future arrives it becomes the now yeah so all you yeah. ever have control over is the present moment and when you 
are in the present moment, like you said, you get that clarity and that sense of peace, like all the noise that I've got, whether it's the future or the past, like, yes, you need to have a goal, but it's like, how can you, you know, you can't be impatient. I think a lot of people mm. our age are impatient as well because they mm. want the results now or they want all these things now, but it's like, when that comes, that will become the now as well, right? So it's like, mm. focus on the present moment. I think that's the, the key takeaway from that. 100%. Yeah. Cool. Sounds good. I mean, thanks, mate. Like, honestly, this has been such a wholesome conversation and that brings us to the end of the podcast and it's just been incredible, like getting to know your, you know, ordinary tales around how you were a shy kid and then you kind of constantly pushed yourself to, you know, try new things through American football and, and Camp America. And I think that's when you started finding and getting in touch with the true Gideon, like, I think that was always within you, but then these experiences kind of like slowly unleashed that and then you kind yeah. of like blossomed into like a butterfly and and, and <laughs> you, I'm sure you'll keep blossoming into a, a butterfly in the future, but really like understanding this idea around like power of networking and, and, and developing and not sounding like 57 <laughs> and like, you know, these like little nuggets that has, you know, made you who you are and I think from everything that I've uh, learned from speaking to you is like you never let your ego get in the way where it's like who are they to tell me and I think that's the biggest power you have is like you're willing to listen you're willing to take on the feedback and constantly work and how's that going to help me be a better person yeah. um and, and obviously taking in the learnings from your sporting world and the gymming world and applying it back into your life and and and, and really looking at this future aspect of paving the way uh, for new opportunities right whether yeah. it's through your mentoring that you've already been doing or the or the platform and then finally this whole idea around accountability self-awareness I think we've really come a full circle around what you said in the beginning which is the only way I can help others is if I help myself and you're taking all the actions to do exactly that mm. um and it's incredible to hear your story and I just feel really proud of you honestly I feel really really proud of you and really great to see how much you've developed and also really excited to see where you'll go and uh, and look out for that 10-year reunion <laughs> for this exact podcast. I'm going to send it in what, out now, yeah? Yeah, thank you. Thank you as well. I really appreciate your time. Uh, I really appreciate you doing this. Like, this is game-changing stuff. And obviously, I probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for me meeting you at that past session. So, like, you've done a lot for me indirectly, if you realise it or not. So, um, mm. yeah, props to Lamika, everyone on the, on the audience. Give me a little... You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> today as well, so you know what I'm saying. So yeah, for sure, Thanks, man. for sure. Thank you so much. Um, and yeah, look out for the episode. Thank you guys once again for listening to another episode of the podcast. Hope you guys found it as enjoyable as I did recording it. And if you want to share some feedback or show some support, feel free to follow me on at Self-Tough Sundays with a double S on Instagram. And I look forward to catching you same time next week. Thank you.